back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Monday, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Shorter show today. We're up till 610 because we got Red Sox baseball, Sox starting a big series against the Houston Astros. But let's deviate from the baseball talk and move over to the New England Patriots, who wrapped up the preseason on Friday night with a loss against the Tennessee Titans. And now it's on to week one. Joining us now is Evan Lazar over at Patriots.com. Evan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Brady? Doing well as well. Good to have you on the show again. Let's kind of start at the beginning of the weekend, the Friday night game against Tennessee. Not a lot of reps for players, so we know we're going to be major contributors to this Patriots team. Was there anything discernible you took away from Friday? A couple of individual players, I think, stood out in that game. I I would say for the Patriots, like you said, I'm not going to get too caught up in in the team execution part of that game since a lot of those guys aren't going to be out there against the Eagles in a couple of weeks. But a few guys that did stand out, Marty Mapu, the Patriots' third-round pick, that was his first game action of the preseason. Some, you know, so-so, right? right? Like, obviously, first time out, it's not going to be perfect for a rookie, but – I thought what really showed uh, was his play speed and his physicality, made some great tackles. Uh, One on Tajay Spears, traveled about 36 yards on it at 19.5 miles an hour at 230 pounds. So that is is some next-gen for you, and that is some moving uh, for Marty Mapu. So I think they're excited about what the rookie can do. He can play at multiple levels, can play some safety, can play in the box. And you look at all these offenses that they're going to go up against that got – you know, a ton of speed. They like to spread the field. Uh, I think the Patriots are looking for answers against those types of offenses that they haven't had the last couple of years. And Mapu might be a key. Let's talk about kind of moving into Saturday and Sunday. Patriots made a couple of trades for offensive linemen. And I thought your take on Twitter was uh, really interesting or X, I guess now we call it, but I thought your take on social media was really good. Like, we've all talked about wide receivers and skill position players, but What the Pats have had to do here at the end of camp to cover for the offensive line represents kind of a failure of the offseason. Yeah, look, I I think we all love receivers and myself included. I'll own it. I I love talking receivers. I love looking at receivers for the Patriots. And maybe they had some chances to get some guys in the first round of the draft, Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnston, Jordan Addison. But I don't think anybody in New England is – lamenting Christian Gonzalez right now. I think we're all pretty happy that they made that pick and added a top cornerback in the draft. So you take the first round of the draft out of it. I suppose they could have paid DeAndre Hopkins, but obviously uh, that didn't go their direction with him going to Tennessee. Maybe that's the second guess at receiver, but it wasn't like a receiver offseason where a ton of big names moved. Other than Hopkins, we didn't see it like the last couple of years where you had Adams and Hill and digs and like those types of level of receivers move. So when I look at the tackle spot, there were quite a bit of uh, free agent tackles that could have helped this football team that moved this offseason. Orlando Brown, for example, uh, a guy like Mike McGlinchey, you know, those are guys that were available uh, in free agency. And the Patriots instead decided to throw uh, really not very many big assets at the tackle position. They signed Riley Reef. I was a 14-year vet, 34 years old, thought his play at tackle started to decline last year with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Calvin Anderson, who's been on the non-football illness list for all of training camp, is another guy that started 12 games in three years, not exactly a big-ticket tackle. And then they drafted uh, City So in the fourth round and are moving him from guard in college to tackle in the pros. So that's obviously a big transition that he's undergoing. So my, my whole take on it is that 
they didn't really throw a big asset at the tackle spot. And I thought last year for all the coaching dysfunction and issues that they had on the offensive side of the ball, right tackle was their weakest position on the entire roster. And they didn't really do very much to go out and fix that problem other than throwing a bunch of names into a hat and hoping that they, you know, hit on a lottery ticket. And, and, And I just don't really think that that handling of that position was very good. I understand second guessing is easy in hindsight, but I really felt this way going all the way back to the end of the draft when they didn't walk away with a day one answer at right tackle or free agency for that matter. And now we see them scrambling in the 11th hour by making these trades at the tackle position. Evan Lazar, Patriots.com, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. And one of those trades for an offensive line player, the Patriots gave up running back Pierre Strong, a guy they took in the fourth round last year. Um, the Patriots, we look, we think, are going to be a ball-control, run-based team. They have Ramondre Stevenson. They've lost Damian Harris. Is Ezekiel Elliott enough to make up the Damian Harris difference? Because I, I personally didn't think that was the case and thought maybe there was a role for Strong, but they've moved on from him. Yeah, it's a good question. I think Zeke, that's what Belichick basically said this morning when we spoke to him was they added Zeke. They felt like they had some running back depth. I just went over their issues on the offensive line. So they traded from an area that they found like they had a surplus uh, for an area of need by adding the tackle uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. from Cleveland. So I I think with strong, it's two things. Belichick shot it down this morning, but I still feel like it's relevant that Last year, they did experiment with that whole outside zone thing. And Pierre Strong, with his speed, was certainly a great fit for that scheme. And he ran that scheme a lot in college. And then you get here, and it doesn't go well with Patricia. Then they move back on to Bill O'Brien. And now it's a totally different run scheme and a totally different a set of, uh, you know, a skill set of what they're looking for at that position. So I think that's a part of it. I don't think he was a great scheme fit in what Bill O'Brien was asking him to do. Uh, but I also just think that the Patriots are going to be a downhill power run team that is going to really feature Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott. I I was a little disappointed that they moved on from strong so quickly. I think the one thing, yeah, I like Ramondre a ton. Zeke is fine. They don't really have a change of pace back. Uh, They don't have that, that guy that can come on the field and add some speed. I still feel like their offense as a whole is pretty slow. And that's going to be something that they're going to have to make up for in in different ways. But it's an interesting trade with Pierre Strong. I I really think that they drafted him to play a different role that really never materialized once they switched back to O'Brien. You talk about the Patriots being slow offensively. One guy who's not slow is Tyquan Thornton Um, at the receiver position. Look, Parker. Born Juju, those three are safe. And then Kayshawn Booty, Demario Douglas, Thornton. How does it shake out? Six wide receivers, the five, and Thornton's on the IR to kind of keep them around. Where are we looking at receiver-wise? Initially, I think they're going to keep six. Now, Thornton might end up on the injured reserve list after the cutdown day so that he's eligible to return once he's fully healthy. I could see that happening. But I think initially on Tuesday, they have six receivers on this roster. And the main reason why 
is that Booty and Douglas have both just shown too much promise for a team that's been searching for wide receiver talent over the last couple of years to just walk away from those two guys as rookies. And I, I think on top of the fact that they've shown some promise to maybe make some initial contributions, you also have to look at the long-term plan at the receiver position. They have Devontae Parker and Juju under contract and, of course, Taekwon, but we don't know what they're really going to have in Taekwon, maybe nothing, based off of how it's gone yep. for the first year plus. And Parker and Juju are two guys that are getting up there in age and have played a lot of football in the NFL. So you look at those two guys and then Taekwon, that's only three guys that are under contract. Kendrick Bourne's going to be a free agent and uh, is probably going to be due some money because I think he's going to have a big year for the Patriots this year. So I wonder, looking at it from a 2024 and beyond uh, point of view, you got to keep the cupboard stocked a little bit. And I think that Booty and Douglas have both shown enough that you could think, all right, maybe they're uh, somewhat contributing this year, but maybe in smaller roles. And then in year two for both those guys, they can elevate to maybe even bigger roles if the arrow continues to point upward. I, I think there's a path for Douglas to play right away just because of his skill set. Uh, he's got that speed. He's got that shiftiness, jitterbug-like uh, player out of the slot. They don't really have one of those guys other than him on the roster at the receiver position. The other guys are bigger, kind of stronger at the catch point type of players, whereas Douglas has that shiftiness and that speed. So I, I think he's going to have a role right away. Booty, I feel like, is more of a stash uh, for the long term in terms of what I just broke down about their future at the position. But either way, I think two, both guys are too good to walk away from. If we're getting to a point where Demario Douglas is playing out of the slot, then we're playing probably a three wide receiver set. But all yeah. along, I thought we were playing two tight ends and being <laughs> a power running team with Kasicki and Hunter Henry. So kind of how do we see the breakdown going formationally for the Patriots? Yeah, I definitely think that you'll still see a lot of two tight ends and certainly in their base formations on first and second down, they'll be pretty two tight end heavy. But I think one of the things that O'Brien does really well is he loves to run empty, uh, five wide empty. Uh, we know like plays like Haas Juke and stuff like that have been famous around here in New England for years. And those empty formations, he loves to mess with the personnel. So you think it's 12, but then we're going to come out and empty. And we got guys like Henry and Gesicki that can run routes from the outside. These are tight ends that are pretty good receivers that can run routes from the outside. So I think they're still going to be pretty uh, heavy on the 12 personnel. And I look at Douglas and uh, some of the roles that we know that O'Brien likes in the middle of the field, that number two and number three spot out of the slot. Uh, we've seen it with Edelman and Welker and those types of guys. Uh, the shiftiness is key. You got to have their quickest player be in the inside there to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups with the route running. And I think Douglas fits that mold uh, for what they really need that position to do. So as much as I, I like the veteran guys that they have, and I, I think Parker and Juju and Bourne will play a ton, I, I do wonder if Douglas is just different enough uh, to add that flavor that they're missing because they really haven't had that jitterbug in the slot since Edelman retired. They, they just haven't had that guy that can get open in a five-yard window and, and make something happen with the football in his hands. And I think Douglas has shown that a little bit in camp. Finally, I get you out of here on this. You know, ironically enough, one of my favorite Patriots and a guy I'm always excited to watch and key, on, key in on is a guy I didn't really hear much about all of camp. Where are we at with Marcus Jones? 
So Marcus Jones had a weird camp, I think. You know, he didn't really play very much in the preseason games. Uh, he's played a lot in the slot, as you would expect on the defensive side of the ball, and he's returning kicks, like, you know, exactly how you kind of projected it. In terms of his offense, we haven't seen them use him on offense at all in the spring or the summer. But I think that that's going to happen anyways, maybe. Uh, but I don't think they want to show their hand too much on what exactly they're going to do with Marcus Jones on the offensive side of the ball if he is going to play over there. I still think he's their best man corner to play in the slot other than Jonathan Jones. And if they have to continue to play Jonathan Jones more on the outside, I would like to see Marcus Jones play in the slot in man situations or when they go up against Miami, for instance, and they got all that speed on the field. He's the perfect guy to go ahead and match up against a Waddle or a Hill to try to just run with them down the field. I don't think they have a guy like that other than him besides John Jones. And you have those two that can really match up against the Dolphins receivers. But it's been a little bit of an up and down camp for him at corner. I would say, and Miles Bryan is still sticking around and making a good push uh, for that nickel role as well. And they're going to use Jalen Mills in a little bit more of a nickel or safety role uh, to this season. So I'm not exactly sure where Marcus Jones fits in yet. Uh, maybe it's just as a utility man where he's every week, it's where he needs to be. And whether it's playing in the slot or it's just returning or it's a gadget up plays on offense uh, and they kind of just let him be a Swiss army knife. But I thought that they would be a little bit more committed uh, to him playing in the slot than they have been so far. And then they've also uh, really held him out of the preseason for the most part. So we'll see what ends up happening in the season. It's kind of a weird camp for him. Well, we're on to week one. On to week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. It'll be Tom Brady Day at Gillette Stadium. Evan Lazar, Patriots.com. With us here on your home for Patriots football, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Evan, appreciate it. We'll do it again here as the season gets going. Sounds good.